0: Dear Secret Diary It's me, Mary Elizabeth. But I guess you know that because you're my secret diary. (laughs) One day I'll have a husband and then I won't need you anymore because I can tell all of my thoughts and longings to him. And he'll want to listen to all of them all the time just like a husband does. Speaking of future husbands, I saw Oliver at church and we made eye contact. At least I think we did. And then he scratched his nose and talked to Pastor Evan. What does that mean? Am I overthinking it? Note to self, schedule two hours this afternoon to consider whether I'm overthinking it. I need to pray for a sign that he's the one. And probably the best sign would be, let's see, he's exactly what I need and want from a man in every conceivable way. I'll pray that Oliver wants to be a missionary since I know I'm called to be a missionary and I've always known, ever since I read daddy's Christian hero series the day before yesterday. I can picture it now.
1: Are the orphans ready for us to sacrifice them to our pagan tribal jungle god? The orphans and the widows too, chief? Only one thing stands in the way. Are the fire ants not biting today? They are extremely mighty, chief. Did the witch doctor lose his ceremonial skull hat? He has an entire human skull hat rack full of human skull hats, chief. Did we run out of those pointy stabbing sticks? There's a word for those pointy stabbing sticks, Chief, and the word is sticky stabinators. Then what is the problem? That open-hearted yet courageous 18-year-old missionary girl. Mary Elizabeth Murphy? She's the worst.
0: The worst? Am I? Am I as bad as your debauched ritual of human sacrifice? though I am but 18. And actually, I don't even have my driver's license because daddy said he didn't want me getting into trouble. Uh, (laughs) Though I am but 18, I have come to this far off jungle land to bring the gospel and things, and thus I must stand against your vile practice of debauched human sacrifice.
1: We better throw in the towel on this debauched human sacrifice thing. We could debauched human sacrifice her, hey. That's a great idea, Fred. It was right there. I'm sure somebody would have thought of it.
2: Kill the single white girl! Single, you say? But single, she is not! Oliver! Kill her, you say? I I wish you wouldn't. My missionary pilot husband. So I am, and as for you, you unchurched savages, if you want to martyr her, you'll have to martyr me first. Oliver, no! At the very least, I'll die knowing that my beloved- Ow! Hey! Ow! Ouch! Ow! Hey! Ow! Arrg. Be brave, my love! Ah! Mary Elizabeth, my love! Ah! Not the sticky stabinators! Ah!
3: You're now listening to the Sound of Sanity. This sound will continue for the duration of the program. Hey everybody, welcome to Sound of Sanity! It's me, your friend, Nathan, your humble and obedient host also. Joined by two wonderful gentlemen. We've got Ben Sulzer. That's it. Right there. Blanked not on your Seltzer. last name there for a second. Yep. No, yep. not Seltzer. Quentin Seltzer, completely different character. Unrelated. Yep. No relation. Yeah. And when I say completely different character, it sounds like I'm doing a typical sanity style, ironic, like he's completely different, which means he's the same because you're a smart person and understand that the reverse of what I'm saying. But that's actually not what I'm doing. i um, <laughs> I Quentin Seltzer is, in fact. I think you could have gotten away with it, but now that you've
4: leaned into it. Now that I leaned into it, it sounds. Now it actually sounds like it's, you know, you've reverse psychologized the whole thing.
3: Brother. Well, Quentin Seltzer is different. He kind of. The amoeba spit. The amoeba spit. You know how amoebas like to spit?
5: (laughs) (laughs) Why why don't you introduce? Right
3: in the spittoon. (laughs) Moving (laughs) right along. (laughs) (laughs) Moving slowly, right along. (laughs) Come to Pastor Jake
5: Menzel. Master who's a master of sanity. Yeah, I've, I've mastered sanity. <laughs> right. <laughs>
3: we moved you, to you Jake. You thought sanity was <laughs>
4: something you couldn't master, but you'd be wrong. Well, they are you wrong. You haven't met me, man. That's nope. right.
3: Yeah, only Jake is not wrong. Jake has mastered sanity. Ben is going to milk that amoeba premise for all it's worth, <laughs> which means he's also ma- mastered sanity, I'm I am glad you put
4: the word premise at the end of <laughs> it, because the direction we were going with the spitting amoeba Maybe. Yeah. Ben's going to milk that amoeba for all it's worth.
3: Uh. <laughs> Hey, let's talk about a little article by John Piper because there's no transition Uh. like this transition. (laughs) So, we are going to be talking about an article, actually, an older article by John Piper on Desiring God called Childless Missionaries by Design. This is one of those. Ask, ask pastor, pastor John, John type yeah. things that desiring God does oftentimes very helpful and awesome, but we had a problem with this article. So guys, let's talk about childless missionaries by design. so I'm just going to basically read through this. I'll skip a little bit. but uh, Brianna writes and says, so these articles answer questions just kind of like a, a mismanners or something like that. So Brianna writes in and says quote... I'm a 20-year-old woman who, by God's leading, wants to live among unreached people, groups in India or the Middle East. I've never had the desire to have my own kids, even though I love kids, and the guy I'm currently dating doesn't either. If we get married, we see ourselves living as Paul-type missionaries. She has that in quotes. Practically speaking, it makes sense to not have kids. I want to know if, biblically, it is a sin to not want to have kids if you're able to i'm sorry but just this sentence i'm a 20 year old woman who by god's leading exactly. as soon as somebody says that i'm like uh whoa whoa, do, whoa.
4: whoa 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 let's pump the brakes honey
3: how do you know <laughs> 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 did a scroll come out of heaven did an angel talk to you like uh what pastor piper
5: says right away is i'm assuming and listening to this person their question that this couple is in a totally different <laughs> category than the modern secular couple with their personal dreams and consider children an inconvenience on the way to self-realization uh that's a bad assumption that is a really bad assumption
3: piper so he goes on he talks about if you're the kind of person who has all these personal dreams and stuff then that is sinful because god and the world are not the plumb line in these choices but rather self-absorption is and then he says this couple has a question much more like first corinthians 7 when paul ponders whether singleness is advisable for himself and others i think the principles relating to spouselessness and childlessness are the same so here's what paul says in 1 corinthians 7 uh, and then he quotes paul i wish all were as myself am namely single but each has his own gift from god one of one kind and one of another to the unmarried and the widows i say that it is good for them to remain single as i am but if they cannot exercise self-control they should marry and then he goes on to quote paul giving the reason for that paul says i want you to be free from anxieties the unmarried man is anxious about the things of the lord how to please the lord But the married man is anxious about worldly things, how to please his wife, and his interests are divided. And the unmarried or betrothed woman is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to be holy in body and spirit. But the married woman is anxious about worldly things, how to please her husband. I say this for your own benefit, not to lay any strain upon you, but to promote good order and to secure your undivided devotion to the Lord. So that's the Apostle Paul. Now we're back to Piper. He says... Now the reason this is important is that Genesis 2.18 says it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper fit for him. And Genesis 2.24 says a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife. So marriage is normal and good. And here comes Paul and he says, well, there are circumstances since the fall because all these instructions were given before the fall. In this redemptive era of people needing to come to Christ and much sin abounding in the world, there are circumstances where devotion to the Lord's work of redemption may demand unusual steps of devotion and singular focus that's what piper is saying paul says and then piper says in other words paul warrants his own singleness that way and he says others might take that step as well but it is not a sin to marry and then piper makes his application he says now i think the same principle applies to having children in the beginning before the fall god said be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth that is normal. It is needed. It is the way God's purpose to fill the earth with worshipers is going to be fulfilled. If you don't have babies, you won't fill the earth with the knowledge of the Lord like the waters cover the sea. But now, may we not infer, because of the analogy with marriage, that there are circumstances after the fall where devotion to the Lord's work of filling the earth with worshipers, the work of redemption, may demand unusual steps of devotion and singular focus. No,
5: so we may not. Wait, wait, how? Let's let's go back. How did he get... Okay, the analogy with marriage. Yeah, he's just saying, I made this analogy with marriage. Don't you think it works? Is that all he's saying? He, he, I mean, now we may infer
4: because of the analogy with yeah, marriage, yeah, because but, of my but, anal- but, my random analogy. No, 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 There's no. Not a, so, so, so he's saying, help me pa- out here. The normal way for men and women on Earth, this pre-fall thing, it's not good for man to be alone. Mm-hmm. That's the normal way of things. Now Paul is saying, it's not good for man to be alone, but I wish all were as I was because you know there are advantages to not being married. So then he says, well, that's a principle, and I'm gonna apply that principle to the same thing that was said before the fall, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. And see, that's the normal way of things before the fall, but now we live in a post-fall world. I wish that all uh, were as I myself were, but we have to go, you know, in some cases to extraordinary lengths, and so one person's gonna not get married. Another person is going to say, well, we're not going to have kids. Right. Because we right. have a higher purpose. Right. So but
5: all I mean is that he's his analogy to marriage is, right, it's faulty from the start. He didn't make a legitimate analogy from like marriage the, to childbearing. And no, it's work not of, legit. And the work of devotion, extra devotion to the right. Lord.
3: He's building on a rickety foundation here, yeah. to say the very least. Yeah. So that's the article. He goes on to list three principles that you should follow number one sucks it says you have freedom to forgo normal blessings he explains it so my counsel would be this yes for the lord's sake and for his unusual purposes in your life you are for free to forego the normal wonderful blessing of children that is number one you are
4: and then you are Free to forego the normal blessing
3: of children, do not get married. Yeah, That's exactly. Right. Kind of like the Apostle Paul talks about in First Corinthians seven. Exactly. First right. Corinthians seven is the perfect rebuttal to John Piper's explanation of First Corinthians seven. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, to be fair to Piper, though, he then does give two more principles. Number two, remain open to God's leading. So he tells this lady, even if this is your decision for now, be open to it changing. Yep. Which is a, actually a good thing to tell people who have decided to make a real application of First Corinthians 7. Don't, yeah. t- don't take some weird vow of like, I'm of never getting celibacy, married. And, of, yeah. Exactly. And then number three, win worshipers by gathering children. And that's just kind of a weird point that he makes about like, even if you're not having children, you should be loving people or something like that. Yeah.
4: What he really does then is he disconnects children from marriage takes a, an indicative statement, it's not good for man to be alone, and says, therefore, it's okay to deny an imperative, multiply and fill the earth and subdue it, right? That's an imperative. That's a command. It is not good for man to be alone. I'll make a helper suitable for him. That is an indicative. That states the case of things. It's mm-hmm. not good for man to be alone. There's no command. Therefore, everybody must be married. Mm-hmm. There's no command. There's just a statement of the reality of things. It's not good for man to be alone. And so the ordinary, normal thing is for people to marry, and they've done it ever since Adam and Eve. For the most part, by and large, everybody has gotten married if they don't die beforehand. Paul says, there are reasons to not get married. Here are what they are. It's a pretty extreme case, but here are the the reasons. And then Piper turns around and says, and therefore, you can get married. And not have kids and deny the the clear command of God to fill the earth, to multiply and fill the earth. That applies to married couples.
5: So what he's really doing is he's splitting marriage. He's splitting the unitive and procreative functions. He's stripping away from marriage, a duty of obedience to God that is inherent in the (sighs) definition, the very nature of marriage.
4: And he's splitting the very nature of sex. There are three purposes of marriage and one of them is children. And that's by God's design. The natural order of things as God designed it is for sex to bear fruit, to want the one without the other is just wrongheaded in denial of the design that God has made and given us. It's like wanting the Mm -hmm. taste
3: of food without wanting the nourishment that it provides or or something like that. It's it's like bifurcating something that
4: is never meant to be. The way the Roman Catholics who have developed this speak about it is there's a unitive and a procreative aspect to sex, and you should never divide them. And the unitive and the procreative are so integral to the act that the minute you try to divide them, cover your kid's ears, many people will go so far as to say you're just guilty of sodomy. You're engaging in mutual masturbation. This is not sex as God intended it. This is not God's design. This is not God's purpose. And you're therefore missing out on the fullness of the unitive by denying the procreative aspect of it. All that's not to say that there aren't times and seasons and good reasons for, for couples. And I was just talking to somebody uh, last week about this, who his wife had uh, four C-sections and the doctors were concerned about if she got pregnant again, especially too soon, that she could die and the baby could die as well. And they were just cautioning them. If they wanted to have more children mm-hmm. long term, then they needed to wait and allow her body to really heal because of how destructive and devastating the cesarean section is. So that's a call that families can make by faith. And, and there are all kinds of situations and circumstances like that.
3: At the end of the day, we're not doing an episode about birth control
4: yeah, today. And, and, and now people listening may say, well, okay, what exactly is different? Between the, the nuance you just threw into this and what Piper did in his article, he made the big case, and then he threw some nuance
3: in there. Jake is saying, the purpose of marriage is always to bear children. Yeah. And now it's complicated, and let's figure it out. Piper is saying, and in point one zero 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 one percent of cases, maybe the purpose of marriage is not to have children. not to have children. It's not to have children yeah. And that's yeah. a lot different than that, what Jake's that's saying, different. actually. Yep. It's
5: a rhetoric that uh, plays caters to people's worst impulses, I think.
4: The real problem with that article is that there's nobody reading it who does not want to not have kids, mm-hmm. who can't say, okay, cool. I'm the exception. I'm the exception. Right. I'm justified. And not only am I justified, I am embracing the higher calling here. I'm taking the high road. I am being unselfish. I am... Being sacrificial mm-hmm. for a higher cause and a higher obedience than other people. And so I get to justify all of my worst impulses, all of my actual selfishness. i have to I don't have to listen to and hear and feel the weight of the biblical case over here, and so much so that i I can, in fact, I can listen. I don't have to listen to mm-hmm. it, but I can. and then I can just feel sad and sorry for myself. Yeah, And tell other people to feel sorry for me that I have this higher road that this I'm following. Mm-hmm. It, and that's
5: because, like Piper will talk about children, hey, if you have children, it's going to be a sacrifice. And in our selfishness, we don't want to make that sacrifice. And that's bad. So having kids involves sacrificing a lot of your time and energy, your preferences, whatever. And that's what God wants. But it may be a higher calling to sacrifice the blessing of children and if you noticed I just made a switcheroo Mm. Yep, because suddenly I went from giving up something I'm happy to give up because man children are a lot of hard work Mm. to giving up a blessing that I dearly want Mm. now you
4: can't have both of those at the same time but he did exactly right and so everybody gets to feel like they're making a sacrifice
3: Uh, it doesn't matter what you choose well and I just want to pause and make a small rhetorical point here which is if you've ever wondered why the Bible doesn't spend a lot of time talking about the exceptions that prove the rule, this is why. This is not a place where there actually is an exception that proves the rule. Even if there was, it's oftentimes not actually very helpful to say the exception that proves the rule. It's why, for example, in Ephesians 5, submit to your husband in everything. Boy, it would be nice. I mean, everybody, would. Lo- I mean, everybody, the most domineering husband would love, when you, you hear that passage read, for there to be some escape clauses. Yeah. Right, But there are no escape clauses. There are no
4: escape clauses. What the Bible then does is the Bible leaves a lot of room for wisdom, the wisdom and discretion mm-hmm. of the pastors and elders and authorities that he's put in place to govern his church and his people to make decisions about when it's time for a wife not to submit to her husband and to help her through that process. And even the privilege of being wrong about those decisions, mm-hmm. which the p- preliminary principles of the book of church order make very clear because we're not meant to be on our own figuring all this stuff out. And so the Bible gives us a lot of universal principles that are rooted in the way that God made the world and then says, go be wise and discerning and live and work these things out in community with other people under the authority of those that God has appointed over you.
0: Is it possible when I marry Oliver that he won't want us to be missionaries? And if so, should I obey him? The answer to both questions is no, absolutely not. But I will always be an obedient wife to my Oliver. That's not true obedience, unless your thoughts and desires are exactly the same. So they will be when we set out on our missions work. Did you remember to pack my complete Shakespeare, darling? Yes, my Oliver. Between that and your King James Bible, you'll have the natives speaking English in no time. How could it be any simpler? Our ship departs to take us to the dark heart of the jungle where the gospel has never penetrated.
2: But we shall bring it there unless we should fall prey to the well-known jungle danger of
0: certain death. The one thing that has heretofore prevented the gospel reaching the natives, all the certain death.
1: I say, a woman missionary, the very idea
2: That, sir, is my wife. And though she may look pious and frail on the outside, on the inside, she has deep reserves of even more pious frailty. Oh, Oliver. Alas, an ocean storm. Cling to me, my love.
0: We must reach the shores of Africa. And so we shall... Whoops,
2: a wave. Ow! I've been swept into the raging sea. Help him, help him.
1: I say, a pious young missionary widow. The very idea!
0: I'm not a widow yet! Sharks! Sharks! Oh, and I'm an octopus! (laughs) Okay, now I am. It's horrible to think of Oliver dying and me being left alone. I'll only write down four or five other scenarios. But what if he wants to do missions work here in the United States? Darling, you want to do missions work in the USA?
2: Yes, my dear, and that's why I brought you to, uh, Detroit. Oh, don't step on those heroin needles.
0: But Oliver!
2: I don't look now, but uh, I think we just walked past more murderers. You mean right behind those thieves and rapists? Yes, my love, but we can fight this abominable urban decay through the power of teaching inner-city youths to play basketball.
0: Oliver, it seems a little dangerous here, and not in an exotic, exciting way.
2: But you will obey me, won't you,
0: my love? Yes, dearest. I'll follow you right out of this city that I have no intention of staying in.
2: Um, do you want to just share the gospel with people around Sanityville?
0: Darling, that's super lame. Yes, that's super lame it's not just people in everyday america that need the gospel people in exotic exciting locations need the gospel too and it's not just constant faithfulness that wins the day it's courageous acts of heroism adventure and martyrdom there are so many people in so many places that need to be reached well that
2: finally takes care of aids in africa and may i just say good riddance now let's get some clean water to these people
0: We already taught them to get their own clean water, dearest. Ah, excellent. Just like India, huh? (laughs) Minus the Hindu caste system we had to dismantle. What's next? Let's see. We've got, um, suicidal Eskimos tomorrow? They have so much to live for. Uh, Igloos, ice, uh, other, other things. And we still need to figure out if the Bedouin Muslims are really the lost tribe of Israel.
2: Either way, we'll need to get them converted along with the rest of Israel if we're gonna trigger the second coming.
0: Oh yes, my
2: darling. Of course, that would be a bit easier if Palestine wasn't so dashed uppity. We'll have to uh, end Islam first.
0: Ever since we led that prayer march in DC and started the third great awakening in America, Islam has been on the decline anyway. Well, how could it stand
2: against a great Christian republic restored to all of its glory? Capitalist and Christian, but I repeat myself.
0: We better get some sleep. (laughs) We've got a big day tomorrow.
2: Have you put the children down?
0: Children?
4: We're free to deny ourselves God's good blessings is like his first point, right? (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. people aren't thinking that way when they're thinking, I don't want to have children. I don't want to have children because I want to live a life of sacrificial self-denial. That is not what people are thinking. (laughs) Oh my.
5: Although you could see in someone's conscience this getting twisted around to be that. Well, sure, absolutely. So for most people, this caters right to their selfish whims. And they're gonna be, some, some of them will be able to deceive themselves pretty well. Others will have a better idea. I'm kind of deceiving myself here, but I'm sure glad this pastor said I could do this. But some people, maybe a tiny handful, of like women who really want to be devoted to Jesus are going to think that their torment of themselves by not being willing to become mothers, which is what they want, is godliness.
4: Yeah, absolutely. You know, this is a young person's question, Mm -hmm. right? And this is the kind of stuff you deal with in college ministry. It never really goes away. You always have that guy or that girl who thinks that they're called to singleness and they're called to live with their hair on fire for Jesus and that it all means this very particular zealous kind of frame of thinking and those people inevitably are almost always the people that have the hardest time staying pure mm-hmm. sexually addicted to pornography they end up with a girlfriend or a boyfriend sort of and then they end up doing some things that they you know need to repent of because they're actually called to a higher calling that calling is singleness and this other stuff And so, you know, really what you're living in the space of here with the kind of person who Ben's talking about is the kind of person who has real struggles with sexual purity and a real desire to just let themselves go, but also this other notion of a higher calling they want to hold on to and can they find the best of both worlds. Mm -hmm. I'm also thinking of self-righteous masochism. Yeah. Man,
5: it hurts not to be able to have kids, but I can hold this up to God and say, look, no, I think Look, that's exactly I, I how some Jesus. of the people that Jake's talking about. This, this is how they're
3: processing How they, how they yeah. whip Saying themselves they yeah. for yeah. their, for their the sexual. See. They always need a whip. Yeah. And the
4: whip was no sex, but then they realized they just can't. Mm-hmm. They just can't say no to themselves. So they're going to get married. And that they need a new place to whip themselves. Mm-hmm. But it's kids
5: now. It's kids now, which also, which does double duty in catering. Because it's both a kind of suffering as you deny yourself a blessing. And then it's denying yourself the actual suffering and sacrifice, the godly suffering and sacrifice of having kids. That's very effective.
3: Well, that is the story of every masochist, right? I mean, there's plenty of suffering to be had. Take up your cross is what Christ calls us to do. But they want to define the suffering. They want to choose their own adventure, suffering-wise. Yep. And it is self-serving and selfish and self-pleasuring, actually, even though it brings them pain, intentional pain. I mean, I can think of a couple of other stereotypes. A lot of my wife's friends, and if you're from her old church, and if you're any of you are listening, on, then I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the other ones. Are young couples who have decided to serve. I don't know what the popular ones are now. I'm so out of mainstream evangelical world. Navigators, yeah. Campus Crusade, whatever Absolutely. it is. And it's a young couple. They don't have kids. They always, 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 always have a cat or a bunch of rescue dogs. Yep. Or something like that and the woman always 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 dotes on these creatures
4: yep they're her children
3: they are her children but they're not having children because they They live near campus and they they need to have the freedom to have people over she needs
4: to be able to go and to meet with those girls and to do the things and so
3: and there's this real it's it, it really makes me sad and inevitably it looks pretty good the first year you know when you meet these kinds of couples and then the second year, you start to think uh, they don't really like each other very much.
4: And by the fourth, fifth, seventh, tenth year, the lines on the woman's face have grown hard.
3: Yeah, she gets ugly. I mean, I, I, actually, ugly. I wasn't going to say that, but it is actually true. It is true.
4: And, and I, I, he he gets, just, I can. I could. I could rattle off like five or seven names right now. And he gets different. I mean, you just watch that. And, and,
3: and they're disconnected. And he's yeah, got his and then man either and, and
4: then either they make that their life. Or they decide to move on, you know, within a couple years, they're divorced. Adultery. There's adultery. They're not going to church at all. Or they feel like we need to have kids and start doing, being a real family now. And then they have to like, try to work through seven years of
3: junk. Or God's merciful early on and they have a accident that does happen.
4: Listen, guys, we all know that there are exceptions to this sort of thing, but you've been through college and you've been through some of these big parachurch campus ministry situations and you've seen the guys and the girls that go off and that that either stay and they become interns and they go on staff or they go off and are going out to become missionaries and if you haven't seen this then you're not paying attention Mm -hmm. and this is the thing that's infuriating about this this is john piper yeah don't tell me he hasn't seen this stuff. Like he uh, has been at the center of this stuff. And it, he uh, he's had people. every opportunity. He's he, He's he been speaking at passion conferences for 20 years.
3: Mm-hmm. He's met
4: all these Maybe people. the problem is that he's spent so much time enabling it that he has too bad a conscience about it to be able to, where he comes to a couple like this. And what he says is there is a kind of super selfish idiocy that's prevalent, but I'm just going to assume that this isn't what's happening here. Mm-hmm.
3: Like, whoa, 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 dude. Why would you assume that? Why would you assume that? Well,
5: that's grace.
3: It's grace. No, it'd be more kind to assume the other, even granting all of Piper's premises. Start by assuming the other, make them prove that's not, and then talk. Yeah.
5: Well, I don't think you define grace the way that evangelicalism defines it. Well, you
4: know, that's because we read the Bible.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Ah, yeah.
3: Um, got him. Got him. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if there's a cool sound effect right now. <laughs> Third stereotype: older couple. Maybe they have kids. The father abandons the family because he's going to go be a missionary, and actually, that's what God called him to. Man, the missionary world. This isn't an episode about the missionary world, but the missionary world, do not be naive. It is full of people who are escaping from their family, from their responsibilities, from the ordinary, boring humdrum work that God has given them to do. And so they're going to go and do something glorious. I'm too lazy
4: to do anything real in my life or to take care of my family. I feel stuck in a meaningless job, you know, in a factory somewhere. I have this wife and these kids that actually demand my attention I'm made for more than this and for something much easier than this. That's actually hard and a sacrifice. And so I have to leave my wife and kids behind and leave my humdrum job and go to South America or Africa. They don't understand it and it's their fault and they're not following the Lord. Man, that's so common.
3: Yeah, it's incredibly wicked. Uh, Fourth stereotype. I'll just keep rattling them off. The couple that did what this couple did gave their childbearing years to missionary life and it turns out actually this lady had a maternal instinct and she wanted kids but her husband or her partner used the godly things they were doing quote unquote to oppress her into yep. not having them and now it's too late and she's bitter and angry yep. and their marriage is stupid
4: here's a fifth stereotype and this may not even seem all that stereotypical because you're like, wait, what, that happens? But I know people this has happened to. We're gonna go off, we're gonna do missionary work, we're not gonna have kids. And then I don't know where my husband is all the time. He's a tall, handsome white man in a third world country. Actually, he's just a sexually depraved monster. He's sleeping with the women or the men because actually he's gay, completely debauched. And of course he didn't want kids. He thought he was going to be satisfied by you, and now he's not. And so he just keeps going down that road, seeking the next thrill and the next high. And the whole missionary journey was a part of seeking that high and that thrill. God couldn't cut it for him, and so he had to turn to absolute sexual debauchery. And that is
3: way more common than anybody in the mission field wants you to know about or to think about. What's really monstrous about that, just to sew it on with an iron thread, there are certain debaucheries that are available in certain parts of the world. Exactly And right. there are people that We're say, talking
4: children. We're talking Thailand. We're talking...
5: Oh, yeah, 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 Thailand. Yeah, that's,
3: I've been thinking Thailand the whole time. Like, Well,
4: Thailand was in fact... I know a story like that exactly, and it involves Thailand. It's I'm always... Th- sure. it pro- it's not even like we're going to be missionaries to Thailand. It's just like we're in proximity, close enough proximity to Thailand where I can hop on a little plane, mm-hmm. right? Thailand's very cheap to get it's to. It's really cheap to get in out and out of. There are a million ways in and out of it. Whatever you want, it's all there for you. And that is what they do. And they're they're there on the the dollars of the American church as Christian missionaries. So you're paying for it. You're paying for it all. But it's so common. Look, Ben and I didn't have this conversation beforehand. I know two of these personally. Ben knows one. Wake up, guys. The missionary—I'm going to take something from our friend Joe Banks here. The missionary industrial complex is Mm. corrupt. Mm Mm-hmm. He calls it the ministry industrial but the missionary industrial complex is 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 corrupt and full of corruption and this kind of article is not helping anybody right
3: and are there godly people that are missionaries yes
4: yes of course there are yep there always has been the, the christian church is a missionary church we should be sending missionaries out and supporting right. missionaries i'm not saying cut everybody off in your church but i am saying examine closely what you're doing and who you're supporting and why and you cannot be in the shoes of somebody like John Piper who's responsible for fanning the flames of a, a missionary zeal <sighs> and then wash your hands of the consequences and, and not deal pastorally with all of these types of situations that you can't, you just can't talk the way that, that he talks about this stuff and not realize that you're going to attract a certain kind of person mm-hmm. and that you're going to have to then come around and deal with that kind of person. You're going to have to try to keep that kind of person from going into the field. And then you're going to, when they get by and get through and do it anyway, you're going to have to help deal with the consequences and the fallout. And I can't believe that Bethlehem Baptist Church, as big as it is, and the network of churches it's connected to, doesn't have all of this stuff on its radar. On he's, the on the you know. radar. That I can't imagine that he's not actually dealt with this stuff pastorally personally. Yeah. Yep. Why not? Because... I yes. bet he's dealt with it all personally, and he's done a great job with a yes. lot of it, yes. right? Yes, yes. I bet, So, why, I bet so in, why is it not here in this bet, article? Why is I, it not in the article? It's articles? because
5: this is a perverse application of what we say all the time on this podcast, which is just because there's an improper use of something doesn't mean you shouldn't use it. Kill your grandmother with an ax doesn't mean you shouldn't be using axes to split wood. And this principle throw the, is a proper... Thing for godly people, and of course it can be abused and misused, like you're saying, Jake. And that's the answer, right? That has to be.
4: Yeah. So you have no responsibility for the misuse of principles. Actually, bad. But second of all, but yeah, I'm sure that's the mentality. I'm sure that's the mentality. Yeah. People are always out there going to twist the truth and always going to. But listen, listen. Yo, read Galatians. The Apostle Paul writes whole letters dealing with people who have corrupted his principles and hedging against misapplications of Mm -hmm. things Mm -hmm. and addressing misapplications. Second Thessalonians is written because he writes a thing in First Thessalonians that people take to an extreme, like uh, First Thessalonians is, guys, chill out. Don't freak out about Jesus coming back. You guys, Jesus is coming back. And the second one is, hey, some of you quit your jobs like Jesus is coming back. Like, uh... (laughs) (laughs) no, (laughs) like don't use... The imminent return of Christ as some justification to quit your job and to stop taking care of yourself and the people around you and living like a normal citizen of this world. So all of 2 Thessalonians is written to keep people from taking the principle that he outlined in First Thessalonians and applying it in wonky, horrible ways mm. that suit the lusts of their
3: flesh. I mean, what I really want to say at this point is that I don't know John Piper. I don't know whether he was just being careless here. But what I I do want to say is doing these kinds of things is a good way to build a brand because you can make people feel conservative and feel Christian, feel biblically sound, and let them do whatever they want. And that's a really sweet spot that a lot of evangelicals and Christians want to exist in.
4: Who can come to this article looking for an answer to the question and not hear what they want to hear?
3: Who? Yeah. Everybody can. You, You want to have kids? it's right there in the article it They're, says you should right. you, do, you don't want to have kids and here's oh. an escape clause you're you're, 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 you're the glorious uh, yeah. exception but you're being biblical you're being sound you're, you're not a you're progressive weirdo you're not an lgbt you pain. know you're not whatever you don't want to be
5: no no it's not that it's not that you're being biblical that's actually you're di- being that's extra biblical. you're extra you're like this is everybody like else is being super, normal biblical. this is super you're being super right? super biblical mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You're
4: going above and beyond
5: here. And you're sacrificing a lot. Most people would not give up the blessing of children. Even though, on the other hand, of course, children are incredibly difficult and suffering, and God wants you to suffer for him.
4: But And amazingly, we live in a world where the birth rate has been in a steep decline for, you know, 100 years. Not just in our country, but in the Western world. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Like We're dying. Yeah. So... People normally wouldn't want to give up the blessing of children, except that we've been doing it for Mm a hundred years. We've been killing our babies. We've been moving away from marriage. We've been inventing all kinds of new forms of contraception and chemical abortifacients. But yeah, no, none of your desire to not have kids is in keeping with the spirit of this age. No. Probably not. I'm just going to assume your good intentions here.
0: No, I won't be able to have any children. Obviously, I as a girl, as a woman with a truly godly husband, will be called to something a little higher. Even though, obviously, babies are so cute. I love them so much. But we can't have babies and obey the calling on our lives. And so that's why we can't have children.
2: Um, Mary Elizabeth, I I just came to deliver another... Pizza?
0: Was it... was it weird to read you this?
2: Yes, it was. And I would have left like 15 minutes ago, except you ain't paid me yet.
0: I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I thought you would want to know. I, I know that a man is supposed to declare his intentions to a girl, but I just thought when there is what there is between us... Just for the
2: record, when I marry the woman who I want to be my wife, the one that I choose, we'll be having children. (sighs) And I ain't interested in any overseas mission work neither, and if I was, I don't think it would look like what you just described, because your idea of what it means to take the gospel everywhere seems kind of narcissistic and self-serving, honestly. First of all, that Jim Elliott-style stuff with uh, me getting martyred by natives is kind of simplistic and left out a lot of the hard and mundane work of loving people that got Jim Elliott there. (laughs) Second of all, translating the Bible into another language is super hard work and requires years of graduate school linguistics training. Third of all, even though local crime rates in Detroit are among the highest in the United States of America, the overall crime rate in the city has seen a decline in the 21st century. I mean, heroin needles everywhere, it seems a little exaggerated to me. (laughs) And fourth of all, that stuff about curing AIDS and dismantling the Hindu caste system, I mean, that's just crazy talk. No one person is going to overthrow societal evils all by themselves. And I know you could bring up the example of William Wilberforce, but even Wilberforce had a team, and uh, you get what I'm saying. It's about constant faithful witness all the time in the little ways. Uh, you know, I got some cash in my wallet. I'm going to pay for this when I get back to work, and you can just keep it.
0: Oh, Oliver! Oh, he paid for my pizza. Mary Elizabeth Murphy, you foolish, foolish girl! But how was I supposed to know he would think it was creepy when I read him the journal I'd been keeping about him? I've got to stop living in a fantasy world. And it's okay. I can have children. Lots of children. So many children. I love children. I love children! And every one of them can be a missionary to a different land. Alfonso, Oliver will want to name the oldest that, can go to Nigeria. And Abigail can fight poverty in India. The twins, well, they'll be a she in for Eastern Europe.
3: Confinity was produced by me, executive produced by Jake, associate produced by Ben. And you can contribute by going to patreon.com forward slash Sound of Sanity. You can listen to great Sanity Bites episodes. You can have a complete archive of all our wonderful sketches. Watch those characters grow and change and their voices be completely different than what they started as. It's a lot of fun. Go to patreon.com forward slash Sound of Sanity. Also, you'll be supporting this show. And we could really use your support. So please do. Follow us on Instagram at at @soundofsanity. If you see Ben Sulzer on the street, say, hey, man, good job. Anything else they should do? Stay sane.